Amen. You guys uh, bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this, this climate of worship. Lord, that we just want to surrender to you in all shape, forms, or fashions of our life, Lord. That know that we're all in. And that, Lord, that we just uh, just give all that we have to you, Lord. That you have your way inside of our heart, soul, mind, and body. Lord, our life, Lord God, to be built on solid found, Lord, on solid ground. And we just pray that anything that we put on shaky ground, that we come from that area and move toward where you've called us to be. I thank you, Lord God, for your presence, Lord, to build in such a place as this and not to be shaken and not to be distracted, Lord God. As you said in your word in Corinthians, that be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I just thank you, Lord God, for the unmovable and unshakable God that we serve has put that on the inside of us. And Lord God, I thank you for the stand and Father, for the belief and for the, for the hope and the grace that you've ministered to us and through us, that all things are possible to those that believe. And Lord, we believe and we agree and we receive that you are the author and finisher of our faith. I thank you, Lord God, moving upon our hearts, moving upon our minds, moving upon our spirit, our soul, Lord, that Father, with you, all things are possible and that there's nothing too hard for God. Lord, we bless you this time, and we bless you for the day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, if you have any specific needs in your life, Pastor Rita and I, we're going to come and pray with you and, and agree with you in prayer. And if not, you just continue to worship while we pray. I'm, I'm about to read something that you've heard before. Uh, so uh, we're, again, the 23rd Psalms is what we're working on. We're breaking down each verse. Uh, and so today as we preach about soul server, your soul server, uh, this is not a soul food restaurant, just soul server. Jesus died to make sure our souls live. Uh, the 23rd Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sakes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, that I be consistent and be obedient at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're scrambling, you know, I'm, I'm reading this book, The Circle Maker. I was trying to find, I had all these notes down, and so we were looking for them. I think I may have left that book, that Kindle at the gym. So somebody's either getting saved or turned it in and did the right thing, or read it and then turned it in. And we're like, oh, I'm just one of them Jesus dudes. We've got to turn this thing back in. 
Uh, what, one of the things that, that it said in there, though, uh, and, and, and about being consistent and persistent, don't let up, don't give in, amen? Uh, because, again, you can do something over and over again, and it just can get old to you, right? Even, even, uh, even just reading the 23rd Psalm, how many of y'all have memorized it almost by now? And you get that middle section where you get to, he anointed my head with oil. Wait a minute, I forgot that piece. How did I forget that piece? And it's just like it's slammed in there in the middle and my cup runneth over how can I forget the cup running over and then you get don't get condemned right stay up stay up stay up but persistent stay in it stay as long as we've had problems or generational curse whatever it may be stay persistent as as the enemy is and so we have to do that but but in the in the in the in this book the circle maker and it's about that that uh, we talked about Wednesday when it said the dude that that prayed the dude in the Bible or says to dream he wanted to dream for 70 years which means your dreams don't end you keep dreaming. You keep it there. And you, as, as, when you, as you dream, your faith grows. And as your faith grows, you dream more. And it says what happens to people as they get older is that they, are, they lose their imagination and start relying on their memory. So they're not thinking about their future. They only can replay their past, which based on which part, which, which video they roll back, poisons the future. Right, and so it's it's thinking about that. So he says the the size of a prayer depends on the size of our God, and if God knows no limits, then neither should our prayers. God exists outside of the four space uh, time uh, dimensions He created. We should pray that way. Pray beyond the dimensions of your situations, right? And then believe it, believe it, believe it. You have not missed your time. And I'm noticing the older I get, the younger I think certain ages are. I remember when I used to think 30 was old. <laughs> 30 is young. 30 is young. And, and then I had the nerve to, to, I was talking to someone and just because we look different and they said that they were a certain age. And I'm going to say that age because people tend to get mad and tell Pastor Rita, um, but I was like, wow, really? You're so young. You're so young. Um, do more with your youngness, right? But when you're little, when you were younger, how many of y'all thought 30 was old, right? I mean, I thought 40 was old. And 50, why, why are they even out in public, <laughs> right? And so, but now at 51, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. It's cool uh, trying to celebrate via social media. My mom turned 79 today, uh, and so it's, just, it's exciting for her and my twin. Are, they're hanging out together, and who knows what, what, what that works with. But just her, her, but her attitude toward life is like, yeah, man, let's build, let's pray, let's save our community, let's do this. It's 79. I thought, man, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, she's such a young 79 is what I'm starting to do. And I have to say that, too, because I don't want to slip up in her presence and say the wrong thing because she likes to hit you with wet dish towels, and that's just not cool. So, but the part we're going to work on today is, is, is verse 3, he restoreth my soul. Even as a believer, even no matter how long you've been saved, there are times you run into where your soul needs some restoration, 
Amen. And where your soul can just get, where it just run out of juice sometimes. So uh, we can never underestimate the power and peace that comes from a restored soul. Even in, even in the midst of worship or time like that where my, my soul gets restored, my, my time gets resto- resto- rest- <laughs> restored, for God is, is blessing that moment of saying, come back to me. This is, this is the result of unrelenting prayer that has circled the life of a loved one or themselves to receive the power that was always there to be loved. Now think right now, you're thinking right now of someone, it might be you, that needs their soul restored. I'm not even asking you to raise your hand, but you know that they used to be on fire for God. They used to love for God. Could be you. And you're saying that soul needs to come back. That soul needs to get restored. And, and you believe me. Well, here it is. Psalms 23. Saying, God, call my family members where their soul is restored. Their mind, their will, their emotion has restoration. And every time they think, it doesn't have to be negative. And every time they get ready to do something, it doesn't have to be the will of what doesn't help them. And so their emotions don't have to be out of whack. Amen? I pray the emotion prayer hourly. Especially depending on who I got to hang out with. It may be constantly. Because a lot of times people let their emotions get the best of them. Right, and you hear they wear their emotions on there. Then we need to get them some tank tops. So uh, because there's sometimes that stuff. Because now you can't believe who they are, depending on how they're acting. Right. So he says, "I restore, or restoreth, biblical your soul." It's the results of unrelenting prayer. Never quit praying, no matter how bad things get. Never quit praying. Never, ever quit praying. You can't afford to quit praying because God's going to come through. Um, Lazarus died, right? Four days later, and Jesus shows up. And, and, even, and even when she showed up to him, said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother might not have died. However, I know God hears you. In other words, it's still not too late. No matter what they're going through, no matter what your family member's going through, or you, it's not too late. It's not too late. You cannot... You cannot underestimate. Now, they're, they're like, God, and see, we do this. Like, we're, they're praying for God to come and heal him, but Jesus showed up in time to resurrect him. So, which means it's never too late for resurrection, right? And, and we've got we to have that time for God wants to resurrect your dreams, your purpose, your plans, and he can do that if you re- will just believe. So, God doesn't want us restless and anxious because these, char- these characteristics makes up a soul that is unsettled and doubt we were ever wanted by God. And that's the unsettled soul comes in. It's like, God, did you ever want me? Did you ever even want me to serve you? Did you ever even call me? Did you ever, was I even supposed to be here? Or did I just show up on my own? How many of you ever thought you did this all by yourself? There ain't enough strength in your head to do that. But sometimes you think, oh, that was just my ideal, and God just let me make it. He's like, no, I, I, I brought you here. I want to keep you here, but I also want to grow you in the place that you're in. I never meant for you to shrink back. I meant for you to grow forward. And so he wanted us to grow forward. Uh, probably the second worst thing behind a lost soul is an unsettled soul. Is a soul that's unsettled. There's a lost person doesn't even know that, you know, they're just out there, right? 
An unsettled soul, though, is, is rough. Uh, the lost soul has no hope. The unsettled soul has become hopeless. And that means they, they see that there's a possibility to have hope. It's like if we all did, went back to not having central air. Do you remember? The, look, look, look. When y'all used to have to do fans and you thought you were okay. Right? Apparently, y'all don't know nothing about mud, uh, uh, the mud dipping deal that we talked, I talked to y'all about to stay cool when it's so hot outside, you have to put your feet in the mud. Okay, so a few, um, see, I missed you tonight, I brought this up. When, when I did bring it up, they were looking at me like, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Yeah, you found a tree, the mud was, the dirt was soft, you dug your feet in there to cool off. You know what? <laughs> okay. Be as uppity as you want to. An unsettled soul knows enough truth to be condemned, but isn't responding enough to walk with conviction. So I know enough just to be down on myself. And God says, I want to restore you. I don't want you down on you. I don't want you looking at your mistakes. I don't want you uh, frustrated. I want you to learn from your mistakes and go forward. Because your soul is a server. It wants to serve. It wants to put you in a good position. So God restores our soul to eliminate the enemy's attack against our position in Christ, right? So the first thing is, first position one, the enemy wants to attack you with is that you are not forgiven. And you should always be ashamed. And that is just not the truth, right? That's one of the first things that God came to rescue us from is, is, is the recovery. And what, what, here's, here's one of the things I love, and I, I love this in growing up. My, my, my brother, the ones passed away, he was on trial, was going to get 50 years. Uh, he was wrongly accused, but I mean, he was living wrongly, but he happened to be wrongly accused, and he was about to get 50 years in prison in Tennessee, and I heard my mom just praying, Lord, I know you're going to deliver him. I know it. I'm just believing you. Uh, I know that the, the life that he lives, uh, that he don't deserve it, and neither do, I, neither do I deserve your grace. I remember her praying that prayer years ago, but I do know this. I honor you. Thank you for honoring me. And of course, he got uh, that charges got dropped, right? When he came home uh, from all of that, she loved him almost more than she did before. I say that to you that just come back to God. The love is always still there, if not greater. If she could do it, you know God could do it. Because I saw her do some other things that wasn't so lovely at all. It was a little violent. Uh, in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50, uh, Jesus who, uh, when he cried again, this is, he was on the cross with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent and twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent or torn in two, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints were which slept arose. Now, man, this this verse just hit me right because at, at people wear veils to do what hide their faces or cover their faces. Let me not say cover their faces. How about that? Let me say that because people are like, no, that's not why I had one on my wedding day. Well, whatever. Just, it's a covering. It's a covering not to be able to see. The veil was the form, though, at that time, that it separated men from God. 
And if you look in the Levitical law, the priest had to tie chains to themselves as they went in to offer the sacrifice for the people for the Levitical law. And they tied chains to each one of them just in case one of them went in without their heart right, and if he dropped dead, they could just drag him out. Right? Remember, it wasn't the grace. Thank God for grace, right? Because think about if you just had one thing wrong and you dropped dead. Like, first of all, we wouldn't be having service today because none of us would be able to be here, right? It was tough times. Tough time. So they were in there, but, but they would go and serve, but they could only go into this veil if they had everything right and everything was perfect, and that's the only way they could go in. However, when Jesus died on the cross, that veil, that veil, that veil was ripped in two, meaning everybody can come on in. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is arrive. Okay. Well, I have to say that about people about uh, working out. People think that they got to be in shape before they go to the gym. You have a shape, take it to the gym. <laughs> right? Just go in there with well, everybody else is in shape. No, they're not. Just go. Just go, right? We tend to do that with God. When I get everything right, then I'll go. When I get perfect, I'll show up and God, I'm going to do everything you want to do. Here comes the ambulance. And that, and that rollover accident I was in in 2000, when the ambulance showed up, now most people don't know this, I didn't like to share, but I was running from the EMS people. They were suggesting, stop looking at me like that, girl, you, I pay your bills. Listen. But they were saying stuff because my friend's blood was on my head. He had bled on me. It wasn't mine, but they were saying, like, he's got a head, he's got a head injury, which could have been true. We flipped over six times, but I didn't hit my head. They said, he might, he might be in shock. Get him. I was like, no, no, we need, to, we need to get some understanding. So I ran from him. I get it. I get it. Y'all wouldn't do this. And I, I love your sophistication, but... I wasn't going to let them get in there and realize that I didn't need it, and they'd already cut my head open. That was my thinking. Maybe I wasn't shocked. Because if you let EMS people and firemen chase you around a truck that's wrecked, and then once they caught me, I said, don't touch my head. There ain't nothing wrong with me. My arm is busted up, but nothing wrong with my head. They said, we think you in shock. I said, I think you need to not touch my head. I'm clear enough to know that, right? I think that's the time where what we do is instead of just stepping into Christ, we tend to run from him trying to explain our situation. When if we just get in there, he'll evaluate the rest and just say, I just want you here so I can get you better. Amen? I can't get better. Quit trying to explain how you got here, how it all went wrong. They don't even know. Those EMS people didn't know that. But I said that you do need to change your protocol. You shouldn't say you need to work on somebody's head. That's not good. This is not for me, because I don't know what you got. I don't know what tools you got. I want you to do it. Um, and so just climb in there. But we would do that. We would say, hey, look, let me clean off the blood before I get an EMS. You wouldn't do that. You just climb up in there dirty, figuring they got stuff to clean you with, right? Climb up in Christ. He's got stuff to clean you with. He's got, he got all kind of galls and bandages and... Uh, alcohol. What's the other stuff? Let me not say alcohol. No. That's the one. Maybe if I just stick with the scriptures, we won't get so messed up. The veil, 
was the form that hid people from God. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, all the hiding was done away with, with, with by God. As we see immediately when, when hiding, uh, which is a form of shame, right? Hiding is a form of shame. People don't want to come around. They're ashamed. They're ashamed of that. And remember, that's one of the first things in the Bible that Jesus said that Adam and Eve was naked and they were not ashamed, meaning that shame, once it comes around, tries to steal everything from you. So God never intended for shame to be a part of our life. What It was put away. People that were once dead could arise. Now, that was the miracle with me because the dead in Christ was put away the minute we can lift up the veil from our face and show that we can go straight to the throne room of God, that those who were once dead in Christ, you got some relatives that once knew God but are not walking with God, dead in Christ can rise up again. They're waiting for us to open our face. That was much more exciting when I wrote the notes down. Let me, let me read some more. There's a, there's a resurrection power for a loved one when we receive the veil being removed as our face is exposed to Jesus at all times. This is your face being exposed to Jesus raises them up. So instead of that uh, becoming an, an insult to God, it was an invitation by God. So I want to look right at you. I want you to know I'm here for you. So like Cain, remember when Jesus came to Cain, or God came to Cain, he says, why is your countenance falling? Why aren't you happy? He says, if you, if you, if you receive me, I receive you, you will be blessed. But Cain was upset because didn't, things didn't go the way like his brother did. And I would say this to you, don't envy anyone because you don't know what they have to go through to get where they are. Could be envying the wrong thing. Uh, like Cain, God wants us to be responsible for our countenance because it reveals who we really look to as our source. So as an angry countenance, do you really tell people that God is your source or who you tell is your source? Depressed countenance, down countenance. And I'm not telling you to walk around and look like someone has, you've been looking at the joker and fro froze your face. What I am talking about is let God be your joy. Let God be your joy. We are, we are not the depressed, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that one. It's, it's the power of, of living it and, and being a part of it. Uh, Cain was in that place where he wasn't responsible. He was being irresponsible with his facial expressions. How many of you ever people say, you, you, you look like you're, you look mean? And you're not even mad. But you've been, whatever you're thinking about, it shows on your face, right? And it's just, you're just, now you done got locked into that. And so that's your face. And God says, why is your countenance falling? And what we have to do is get back to, and again, I'm not telling you look like you need medication or divide your medicine up or something like that. What I am saying is look like you've been with Jesus, Right? Look like you've been with God. It was the uh, strain at night when, when I get home, and, and I know Justice still wants to go work out and ride his bike up the hill. I'm like, why don't somebody else ride with him? Like your mama, your siblings. And, and he's going to go, any, whether we go with him or not, he's going to go. And if it gets dark up there, he's going to still go. That's why he got lights on his bike. He's committed to it. And he jumps on his bike and he just goes and as long as we give him $6 to get some protein beef jerky, once he gets done swimming, he's going to ride back, right? And so I'm thinking like, you know, uh, I, I want to be a part of riding with him. And so we get in there and then once I ride down there, it's no big deal. It's not even that long of a ride. It's, it's coming home. 
that hill, up the mountain. Jesus climbed the mountain for me. But what I appreciate is his attitude is always good about it. His attitude's always good. Everybody, all the people at the gym know him. Hey, Justice, so glad to see you back. back you man, see you at your bike parked out there. And he just, it's every night, same facial expression. And the only thing I can appreciate that it's dark, that he don't look back on the way back because he can't see how I'm like, oh, my gosh, how much longer did we move? But as long as he knows that it's about his responsibility to get up and do it, and all I'm going there is make sure he rides home safely, that's it. He will go without us. He will ride back in the dark without us. And so instead of hearing, is he going to be okay in the dark? I just get up and ride with him. Again, if we see our loved ones getting up and moving forward, let's get up and ride with them. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know at four some in the morning, I've been up that long, but I, I want to see him through. I want to see him through. If I'm having visions of some kids attacking him on his way home on the bike, then that means I need to go ride up there with him. Thank you, Jesus. I am praying for rain today. I just don't even get it twisted. I'm praying showers. Chance of not riding. Lifting up the veil. So you got to lift the veil up and, and un, un, an overcoming evil is all about our relationship with God. Hiding will promote evil and evil will create the desire to hide. Right? So that whole desire to hide and, and promote and all those different things, they promote one another. They work off of each other. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15 it says, keep this commandment without stain or reproach until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which God will bring about in his own time, he who is blessed and the only sovereign one, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Okay? And the thing we want to focus on is Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, but, but also, just now that I just read, uh, God will bring about it, bring about in his own time, right? And if we can get a hold of that, we'll quit trying to schedule things that God has already got on time. Amen? So, so sometimes we're trying to schedule what God has already timed out, and he's already given us to this. So in the Old Testament, Samuel couldn't pour out the anointing oil. Remember, he was looking for a king, and he went to all. He went to Jesse. Jesse called out all of the brothers that looked like kings but didn't act like kings. All right, we know people. We, we, <laughs> people know how to act like Christians, but very few know how to react like Christians. And so we need some folks with some reaction times. And he had some act like kings, but didn't know how to react like a king. And so he says, that "This is all you got, because the oil won't come out." Oil won't come out. If I sit and told y'all, like, I got my Yeti cup full of ice and water, who wants to come up and see if this water, if it's not for you, let me pour it on you, see if it'll come out. So it's not a holy moment. That's, that's what we call a gimmick. However, Jesus had, I mean, God had told Samuel, the oil will only pour out on the king. And he, he's doing this and just trying to pour it all out, trying to pour it all out. And it would not move until Jesse brought David. 
What kind of man who's told to bring his sons leave one of them out? So think about Jesse and his family relationship. Why would he bring David? What David must have thought when he said, they told you to bring all your sons and you left me out? Am I not one of yours? And even when we're dealing with, with gosh, I want to, this is the one verse I want to tell kids all the time. We're dealing with these at-risk kids with this ankle jewelry on. Um, and, and they are fighting, trying to figure out who they are because someone brought somebody else to the table and not them. Just never, remember, never forget the man. I was at a student training, and, and this man came in to give this one little girl some money. And then another little girl crossed the room. He looked at her and walked off, and the little girl started crying in the training. And she came up to me, and she goes, that was my dad. He remarried. That's his other daughter. He came in to give her money, and he won't even talk to me because his wife tells him not to. Why did he even show up? Of course, then I'm way off track because I want to get in the car and go, why did you come over here? Put your leg under this tire. <laughs> it's not Christ-like. And I, I, I said, and I, well, I asked, I said, why did you tell me? She goes, I think this is the last time it's going to hurt because I know what a real father should look like. She says, this is the last time I'll cry about it. And I was like... Wow, you know, I don't say to you, I say, you want a t-shirt? You, your pal t-shirt? She says, yeah, thank you. She goes, but you said something early, and I'd said that thing about replaying your past or poison your future, and she says, that's the last tear I'll give for that. She was 17. 17 years old, and she was 17, so... And he walked right in, handed her money, looked at the other girl, and walked out. So there's some angry people in our world, right? And we have to be willing to pour the oil and let them know that there's an oil for them. David could have been that way. However, the brothers couldn't get what God had already positioned for David. So don't worry about somebody else's blessing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be blessed because there's oil specifically for you. And that's why God, Jesus is the king of kings. So let's see. Let me wrap this up with God. Uh, they may have the appearance of king, but God wanted David who had the heart of a king. God calls and leads us from his, for his name's sake. If you remember verse three, the continuation, the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And so you're going to be doing it for the sake of Jesus, not the sake of others, sake of Christ, not the sake of what people may think about you. I'm doing it for Christ, not even for myself, because God will take care of me. It's so for the sake of Christ, so no one can handle your oil like you can. No one can handle your oil. Oil, Jesus, our king and king of kings and Lord of lords means he has oil for all of us to rule and have authority over the things of this world. Be careful not to miss your crown due to envy in somebody else's place. Got to be careful, right? Because if I'm envying your place, I could miss my crown. And all you got is just a position, so I want to be in place. So whatever we do must be done for the sake of God. So I do that, and I always want to end with you guys opening up, uh, making sure you pray. So tomorrow, I get to speak at an event that I had been kicked out of for 10 years. 
<laughs> See, I love y'all's faith. See, this is when y'all are awake. Now, now you're ready to do amens now, because now you know pastor got kicked out of something. Let's see what this is about. It was a conference where, you know, I was just speaking freely. And somehow, you know how you say, well, you know, people are not that holy, you know, where they can't leave God. I, it, was just, it wasn't even a God thing. I just talked about forgiveness is really what I said. And so they said, we, we don't want you to come back. However, their speaker dropped out late. So they have no choice. Okay, I'm going to do, do right because it's about engaging youth. And I've been, you know, talking to folks about getting other speakers. However, I believe it's an appointed time where all the hurt and all the deaths that have been happening with 71 people being shot over a weekend in Chicago, you know, where their kids are just, these students are angry, these people are angry, we got things we got to do. So I don't believe this is an accident tomorrow, all right? And I really don't believe it's an accident when they give me one hour and then another hour and a half. So pray I don't turn into an accident. That's what I'm asking you to do, because I'm, I'm violently excited about it. But I don't want to ruin it, but I don't want to misrepresent God either. Amen? Amen? We'll, we'll have to speak the truth about engaging youth. I believe this too, that that's an oil that's poured on me. And it could not get the other person to do it. He wasn't supposed to be there. The oil came on me. Don't ever think someone else got your position. God will make a way for yours to happen. Amen? You can't, you can't, can't think that. I, I had no idea. I wasn't even on their little menu, their menu, their program. Yeah, now I'm out of becoming hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> I wasn't even on their program, but because they were trying to get the oil out on somebody else who couldn't be there, God said, this oil is for you. And I do want to encourage you, take your steps right? You miss, uh, there are 100% of prayers that are unprayed will go unanswered. So we have to pray those, right? That's old Michael Jordan theology. Amen. Okay. Bow your heads. We're going to pray. Father, as, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, that Father, I just thank you for restoration to souls. Uh, there's just a refreshing. And Lord, that as believers, as sometimes we can get old in the faith. We can get sour in our faith or dry in our faith. But I thank you, Lord God, for fresh rain this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for that presence of God that's going to cause things to bloom and grow like never before. I thank you for voices and, and Father God, elevations of your presence to take over. And Lord, realizing that the dreams are continued. I just believe right now with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body, as we release our faith that, Lord, you're turning and causing that soul that looks so dried up, so out of it is receiving the washing of the water of the presence of God. I thank you, Lord God, for this latter rain that's coming upon us in such an amazing way, Lord. And as the soul begins to bloom and begin to remind people of that they're healed, that they're delivered, that they're set free, that, that the God of all ages is inside of them, Lord. That the fresh soul begins to look out. And whenever they look over their circumstances, situation, know that I have a hope, I have a dream, I have a purpose. There's a plan for me, and it cannot be reversed because God. 
God has already set the ending. And I just thank you, Lord God, for just that joy that begins to just take over, that my child is not defeated, for I know the veil has been ripped open and torn apart, so that whatever they were once dead in, they're resurrecting in Christ, resurrecting in their future, resurrecting, resurrecting in their joy and their emotions in the very plan of God. Lord Jesus, that it's never too late for resurrection. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for each and every person in this room just to begin to just receive that over their heart, Lord, that they have not missed it. I, I believe, Father, for, for all the plans that are right there in front of us, Lord, that we step out and go forward because you're going to get the glory for all that we do. I was almost done, God, almost given up in this area of my life, almost thinking this thing is dead, they're done, this is over, how's it ever going to work? And here comes Martha, <laughs> run into you, and Mary, run into you, and said, my brother might not have died if you'd been here, but I know God hears you. These people in this church, Lord, that Lord that may not know what's all going on, but we know one thing. I know God hears you. And I know that he will rise again. Know that it will rise again. And know that it will rise again. The innocence will rise again. The purity will rise again. The belief and strength will rise again because God is awesome. God is amazing. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're in there and say, man, I, I don't know Jesus. If I were to not towards pass away i i want to know where i'm going to be for eternity and not only do i need to not just have my soul restored i need to have life in my soul as heads are bowed eyes are closed if that's you somebody to raise your hand we just want to pray over you thank you god thank you lord for restoring the soul amen thank you jesus thank you amen i want you guys all stand to your feet put one hand over your heart we're gonna just re restore that soul amen amen y'all repeat after me say dear heavenly father i thank you for jesus i thank you for the power of resurrection that jesus did on my behalf i'm acknowledging lord jesus that i need you more than anything else and now i confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus died and he rose again for my salvation. I receive it right now. And by the word of God, which cannot lie, I am saved. My soul is restored for eternity to live with you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, 